Hi, and welcome to Jenny in the Corner Office, episode number six. You're not worth it. I'll be hosting today's podcast and all the other ones. Who am I? I'm Jen Shell, an Associate Portfolio Manager with TreeGrow Investment Management, Inc. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's sixth episode. Can you actually believe we're here? I know I can't. It's called You're Not Worth It, but you are worth it, trust me. Uh, This is where we're going to be calculating our net worth so that we can make amazing things happen in our lives. Last week, we immersed our minds into the wonderful world of financial planning with a special meditation. This week, I will show you how to calculate your personal net worth so that you can apply for a loan, invest your money in a portfolio, buy a house, or just plain out sing about it. First off, before we delve into the calculations, just want to highlight this milestone moment. Now that I've completed episode six, I have a series and it's official. I would like to take this opportunity to display my absolute gratitude with a special shout out to Chris, my Lyft driver, the other day for telling me to post six episodes and to have them ready in my repertoire. Thanks, Chris. I owe it to you, buddy. I hope that you land an awesome acting gig on a streaming series. Super great advice. To get my stronghold of podcasts into podcast land, uh, Chris actually advised I make up six episodes to prevent creativity vultures from impeding on my progress. Being realistic, as I am, and preparing for stranger danger with potentially negative commentary, sheltered my delicate creativity, and allowed me to produce my podcast without worry. So I protected my podcast shell, (laughs) as we might say, just because my last name shell, get it? So feedback gets generated regardless, and this is what Chris was telling me when I was in the car, and so far it has been a lot more constructive than I would have otherwise anticipated. I thought I would come up against a lot more criticism, I guess you could call it, constructive criticism. Regardless, I'm happy with the way things are going. And this podcast, must admit to you, is an outlet for my imagination, which gets off track sometimes. My brain houses a lot of creativity, you see. like There's a lot of creative energy that's brewing inside of this mind that I have. And I have to dump it out so that I can focus on more boring tasks. Not this podcast, I actually have fun doing this. And to deal with it, I have recently also began uh, painting. I needed something modern and abstract for my living room, but there was nothing that was satisfactory when I went to Winners or HomeSense or even to see uh, certain art galleries. Uh, So I picked up some acrylic paints and a canvas and painted away. And it turned out to be a blend of colorful candlestick charts candlestick chart patterns that were stuck inside my head and it actually is quite lovely well I think it's lovely but I'm the artist so of course I'm proud of my work we did have a family reunion the other week and I showed it to one of my relatives who works with the Ontario Art and Design College and her view of it was that she called it data dumping I wasn't sure she was calling my piece of art garbage but I wasn't really offended because she's a professional artist and I respect her opinion. So now that I've explored that outlet, 
I'm dumping all my thoughts on investing into this podcast for you, the podcast series to document my knowledge and to entertain you as well. Because we know that sometimes finance can be boring and I don't have a lot of patience either. So we can all relate together. This time I let my imagination loose and now it really can't be contained. It might even be getting a little out of hand. Since we're living in the digital age, it's about time that finance gets a digital makeover, don't you think? So my favorite invention of all time is the internet, actually. I've learned so many amazing things, including how to make this podcast and all my other podcasts and how to adjust the sound recordings. And because of YouTube contributors, I've been able to produce Jenny in the corner office all by myself. I'd like to show you my new skills that I've learned. And to continue on my path of learning, I made a special song just for you. I'm super proud of my work, even though I can't really sing. And if you're ready for it, I'd like to introduce my first single. I call it Your Net Worth It. Here it is. Look who's back. It's Jenny. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. All of that time and all of that money, you're net worth it. No, you're just net worth it. I'm over old school. The past is overrated, like your attitude. Instead, just show me what you're made of. Work it, build it, reap the rewards. Oh, and all of that unnecessary bling? Sorry, guy, that's really not my thing. Cash, cars, homes, luxuries, properties, and RRSPs are my responsibilities. Why do I need a king with my pocket aces? I'll raise you, call you all in, and I'll take you. Pledge your assets any day, but all your debt won't make me say. Just saying, but hey, you can send your equity my way. Truth, I'm keen to be queen, but cash is my new king. What do I need with a pool shark when I'm a finance matriarch? You may be a dollar bill, but I'm a royal lady. I'm tired of hanging with the Jones with too many loans where all you do is brag about what you own. Give me credit where it's due and a mortgage with a decent loan to value. Oh, so you think you're the bee's knees with your expensive Gucci's with actual bees? Thinking that I'll fangirl over you like I do for the Fuji's like oh la la la? But that don't impress me much. Let me be frank when I say, I'm Jenny from the bank. All of that time and all of that money, you're just net worth it. No, you're just net worth it. All of that time and all of that money, you're just net worth it. No, you're just net worth it. I chose this song and I might be rapping because I can't really sing so I figured rapping might be easier because I'm kicking out the old school mentality of the finance world and how people perceive finance and I'm introducing a new school of thought. So I'm new school. So take that world. Thanks for listening to my song everyone. If you notice, I put in a Canadian disclosure and it's very short but I don't know if you picked it up. When I say, eh, 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 that's Canadian. Everyone knows it's Canadian. So I figured that disclosure would be in the song. 
so that we would know that it's Canadian content and I wouldn't get in trouble. I also need some new workout songs, so I'm going to put it out there and I want you to encourage all of you to write some songs about net worth. We'll break it down later on to give you some more material. To help you do this, I will break it down so that you can write the proper clever lyrics to write your track. And please send them my way, and the best ones will even be featured on a future episode of Jenny in the Corner Office. I know you have a lot of talent, so I can't wait to hear your work. Knowing your net worth is like knowing your name. Once you know it, you can use it to apply for banking, investments, loans, and the list really goes on. So, my listeners, what exactly is net worth? Well, according to the Stats Canada website, net worth is the difference between a family's assets and debts. There was significant variability in net worth by family type too. Couple families, so people who had two members in them, uh, had the highest average net worth at 700,000 compared with those with children and 910,000 for those without children. Lone parents had lower net worth on average than couples with children, mostly because they had fewer assets. However, the average net worth of lone mothers was less than half of that of lone fathers, 240,000 versus 540,000. Unattached women and men had similar average net worth at 250,000 and 230,000 respectively. So what is the moral of this statistical story? Basically, you will have more money for yourself if you do not have children, and I think I mentioned that before. However, if you raise your kids right, maybe they will support you in your old age. But I'll leave the child-rearing tips to the parenting podcasts, and I'll just stick with finance. The gender gap in financial literacy tends to increase with age, being greatest among those age 65 and over at 7.3 percentage points. But regardless of age, women were also more likely than men to provide an I don't know response for at least one of the questions used to evaluate financial knowledge. In fact, it was 45.2% versus 32.1%. In addition, women have less confidence in their financial skills than men, 31.4% versus 43.2% to be exact, and less likely to state that they know enough about investments to choose the right ones that are suitable for their circumstances. And that ratio was uh, 47.8% versus 62.6%. Taken together, these findings suggest that women's greater vulnerability to financial insecurity, particularly during old age relative to men, may be exasperated by their lower levels of financial literacy and confidence. And this is something that I'm trying to change slowly but surely on Jenny in the Corner Office. Notably among couples, this is really interesting, There is no gender gap in financial knowledge when they share responsibility for the long-term financial management of the household, or when women's contribution to household income is similar to that of their male spouse or partner. So what does this suggest? Well, this suggests that women's financial literacy and confidence is greater when they are involved in household finances, or vice versa. So, couples, good therapy for you, you should really take a look at your finances together because together two is more powerful than one and you can share your knowledge of financial literacy. You know, gender differences in financial knowledge are problematic because previous research 
demonstrates that financial knowledge is associated with positive financial behaviors and economic outcomes. Individuals with greater financial knowledge are more likely to plan for their retirement, and then, and then those who plan generally accumulate more wealth. So planning is caring for yourself. It's a good thing to do. Conversely, individuals with less financial knowledge tend to borrow more, and they often report excessive debt loads. Ultimately, they accumulate less wealth. Although preparing for retirement is an important determinant of economic well-being for both women and men in old age, there are a number of reasons that women may find doing so more challenging than men. Specifically, gender differences in life expectancy and labor force experiences may require that women and men adopt different strategies for retirement planning. Canadian women can expect to live about four years longer than men, so make sure that you marry young, ladies, and they must therefore finance a longer period of retirement, lucky us. Additionally, their cumulative lifetime savings may be lower than those of men, given discontinuous labor participation over the life course and the famous gender pay gap. As a result, women's accumulated wealth may be less than men's. And this, my friends, is all according to Statistics Canada. And when you have a moment, you can go and read that on their website, on the StatsCan website, and the link is in the transcript. You know what? We're going to fix this. We're going to fix this disaster. And we are going to make it better with small micro-improvements. And I am going to inject you with a nice dose of financial confidence. It's not just women, though, who need to increase their financial literacy. It's really everyone. As a start, and this is where my song came from, we're going to calculate your net worth. Because knowing your net worth is your ultimate starting point. Everything starts at the net worth. The net worth calculation is comprised of all that you own and all that you owe. We make two columns. The one on the left contains a list of your assets and the one on the right contains all of your liabilities or debts. So let's start on the left and list all of your possessions. So from here, we categorize them according to liquidity and tangibility. Liquid means that you can obtain cash immediately. The more time an item takes to sell, the least liquid it is. Also, tangibility, even cash, it's abstract, and it only holds value because we say it does. If you can touch it, live in it, or feel it, that's when it's tangible. So on that note, homes are, and cars belong in this category. And when we're making our list of assets, at the top of the list, we start with the most liquid items to the least liquid, and also from the intangible to the tangible. You can almost look at it like a glass of ice with water on the top. So the liquid is on the top and the ice is on the bottom. I don't know if that's right actually, because when a lake freezes over, the ice is on the top and the water's at the bottom. But for the sake of this argument, that's the way it's going to go. Let's just pretend that the ice is stuck to the bottom of the glass and there's water floating on top. And that's how you have to look at your net worth statement. So making our list of assets, at the top of the list, we start with the most liquid items to the least liquid, and also from the intangible to the tangible. It will look something like this. Cash, investments, non-registered, RSPs, and tax-free savings accounts. That's money that you have in all of these categories, and these are their own individual categories. Then 
its cars and properties. If you're applying for a loan or a mortgage, lenders love cash. Cash is king for lenders. Investments in non-registered accounts are also good for lending. You can pledge them as collateral. But money in the tax-free savings account and properties are also okay. The RRSPs are protected for your retirement and don't give you a lot of value when you're looking to get financing, mainly because you can't pledge your RRSPs as collateral. Well, I guess you could technically, but usually the banks or the lenders don't like that as much because it is supposed to be for you and for your future. Cars depreciate quickly, so they're not great sources of collateral either. Usually when I'm looking at a net worth statement with somebody, I don't usually count the cars, even if they're fancy. Sorry. Now, on the other side, we have our liabilities. They're broken down into short-term debts and long-term debts. Short-term debts are credit cards, lines of credit, and long-term debts are longer loans, such as mortgages or car loans. There's a rule of thumb that usually the um, short-term debts are obligations that are less than one year. The long-term debts extend for more than one year. To find out your net worth, you add up all your assets and then you subtract your liabilities. And this is your net worth figure. And this is what you bring to anyone you're trying to get money from. And this is the good start. If you know this, you're ahead of 90% of people. A high net worth figure combined with cash flow from your income will allow you to expand and borrow money to buy more properties or to make a further investment into businesses or investments or, you know, investments into the public stock markets. So a high net worth figure combined with cash flow from your income will allow you to expand and borrow money to buy more properties or to make further investments into business or investments into the public stock markets. You can appreciate that if you have a lot of assets but lots of debt too, that you can think that you are a millionaire but maybe really you are broke because your debts are excessive. And this is a good indication that you may have extended your credit a little too far. And it's just time to reflect and get back into line. It's easily fixed. Well, with a little time and patience and work. Seeing this on a sheet can give you an indication of what's weighing you down. You can improve your situation quite substantially if you tackle the debts on the right-hand side, the column, or else grow your assets on the left side. A nice balance is ideal but the net worth statement illustrates your financial position very well and it's universally accepted as an indicator of your capacity to borrow. The higher your net worth figure, the more you can borrow and you have options for investments. This is a good gauge to see how your spending behaviors are affecting you, making this an excellent segue into my transition towards behavioral finance, which will be on a future episode. But before that goodness, we are going to explore the millennial dream. And I have a very, very special guest for you. I know they're all very, very special, and I keep saying that and repeating myself, but this one truly is. And he's going to tell you all about his business venture and his adventures now that he's divested of that business venture. But stay tuned for that. And other than that, after that episode, we will be going into some behavioral finance from some of my favorite authors who share their tips on how to deal with stressful situations like market fluctuations or just people who make you anxious sometimes. Behavioral finance is a new field of study that shows that people naturally try to maximize their wealth. 
They take the information from all sources and try to make as much money as possible. Simply said. Motion and psychology have a lot more to do with this decision-making process, which is where power, greed, euphoria, and even philanthropy come into effect. This disrupts the efficient market hypothesis, because rational people aren't always rational. They can be unpredictable and display irrational behavior. And people love the efficient market hypothesis in the investment community. But I really think it's overrated. Thank you for listening to my first six episodes. I hope you'll be back for some more fun ads. <laughs> now that you know how to calculate your net worth, I expect new hit singles from you. And remember, I will be featuring the best ones on a future episode of Jenny in the Corner Office. Thanks for listening, and remember, you're net worth it. All content on this podcast is my own and does not necessarily reflect the views of Tree Grove Investment Management, Inc. TIM, in brackets. The information provided herein is meant for Canadian residents only, is general in nature, and does not contain any financial, legal, tax, or investment recommendations or advice. Following or showing interest in a securities issuer on this site is not a recommendation to invest in such issuer securities. Any commentary that might be construed as an endorsement or recommendation on this podcast and or transcripts on a website should not be construed as explicitly or implicitly approved by me or TIM. You agree that you will not communicate any personal or confidential information through this site.